This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, Phoenix! <laughs> hey, yo. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis. With attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. It's Pastor Down. The straight punk bitch! I mean, you're just gonna replace me. Shut up! Randy Morales, the biggest slut in the Western Hemisphere! Why do I have to have a buzzer? You are now and will forever be an asshole. Because it's my show. And I love you, Greg. You guys know how to party. You're welcome. We are here with the second... Greg DeMarco show of the week. Now, last week, Patrick and I did two, since there's no hashtag Miranda show right now. And this week, again, we have two editions of the Greg DeMarco show. What's weird about this week is that both of them, we played the theme song. Patrick and I have gotten into the habit of just hitting record and, and going. And of course, that meant no theme song for a while. But the theme song has been back this week. Two back-to-back editions of the Greg DeMarco show. Of course, you heard Greg DeMarco show Wednesday. It's like WrestleMania Saturday, WrestleMania Sunday with PC Tunney. And now we've got Greg DeMarco show Thursday with none other than making his triumphant return after probably almost 10 months of not being on a podcast. Steve Cook back on the program. Steve, welcome back. Hey, 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 how's it going, everybody? That's right. I'm, I am back. I am still, in fact, alive. It's, 100%. Um, yeah, so we're we're happy about that. We're happy to be here and happy to talk about the old professional wrestling. A lot of that going on, and um, yeah, I'm I'm happy to be here. Reds actually got a got a win right before we did this. So, and the Reds can't really beat the Brewers very often for whatever reason. So, I'm in a good mood. It's all good. good well, times. I appreciate you jumping in and doing this, and I'm always excited when we get to bring people back and have some fun. And we're going to have some fun today. 
Real quick, just so everybody knows, Greg DeMarco Show is part of the Chair Shot Radio Network, which you can hear. Well, you can hear it everywhere. iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google Play, so many more. If you're listening on Stitcher, I don't even know why we bother to give this warning because who, who uses Stitcher nowadays? Stitcher is going away at the end of August. So if you're listening on Stitcher, stop, listen on something <laughs> else, subscribe to something else. Stitcher is literally running commercials to tell people that they're going away. I think it's August 29th. So yeah, we got lots of other platforms. Or you can just go listen right there at thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. You can find Steve Cook on all of your forms of social media at was it S Cook or Steve Cook eighty four Steve Cook eight Steve four Cook eight four yeah. on on the Twitter on the X on the Twixter what are we gonna call it now I don't even know I'm just gonna call it Twitter I'm still gonna call it Twitter because I'm an, I'm an old person who still calls things by like whatever the first name they were I like still jokingly would... Patrick and I will still jokingly refer to it as the Facebook so I get it. But it's like, you know, with the, with the sports arenas, you know, whenever they change the sponsor, like, I never remember that. I still call, I still call it Paul Brown Stadium, even though they changed the pay core. You know, it's still call it Staples Center, even though it's what now, Crypto.net? Yeah. The Crypt? The arena, whatever the hell it is. At least it's got Heck a cool I, well, name actually, in the Crypt. I still call Charlotte Motor Speedway Lowe's Motor Speedway after all these years. So, okay. I'm just an old person that's set in their ways. So, I'm going to keep calling it Twitter. And if Elon Musk has a problem with that, well, he knows where to find me. It'll be all right. It, the um, Phoenix International Raceway became like IMG Raceway and then went back to Phoenix International Raceway. And I just never stopped calling it Phoenix International Raceway. I'm from Richmond, Virginia, and RIR was a thing for their racetrack forever. And now they're down to one race a year there. So that kind of makes me sad. But it's all good. Look, the Diamondbacks play at Chase Field, and everyone yeah. still calls it Bank One Ballpark because it was the Bob. Yeah, the Bob. And, and, you know, it's, it's, you can't even, Bank One doesn't even exist anymore, and it's still the Bob to me. So. Yeah, yeah, it is all good. You can find me at Greg DeMarco 404. Of course, find the website at ChairShot Media for all things that you want at our favorite website, thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. And we are talking about one of my favorite shows in wrestling. It's just a joy to watch because I don't know. The, the, the action is different. The attitude that people have on that show is different. Everything's just different for me. And that is, of course, NXT because this weekend, NXT is venturing off to, uh, Cedar Park, Texas. Cause I don't know where, if that's a, it's supposed to be a different city. If that's like Austin or what city that Cedar Park is, but it's a suburb of or whatever, but it will be the great American bash. The 2023 edition. Good for them continuing to get out of the performance center and putting on this pay-per-view slash premium live event. Extremely excited to have that and extremely excited to watch. It's going to be really good stuff. And Steve Cook and I are going to talk about it here today on the program. So yes. before over- we get started on that, yeah. I want to point out that Cedar Park is a suburb of Austin. And also you neglected to mention the uh, venue name, the HEB Center at Cedar Park. Good old H-E-B. Okay. Gotcha. Well, I, I think it's a store Austin, of some sort. I mean, Austin's a cool city. I've been there once, so. I hear it's weird, which is good. It, I, it was a long time ago when we went to Austin just to visit. There was a job potential there for me once, but oh. never happened. So it didn't matter. Didn't even end up being an opening. So it, it was just mm. a company I worked for, thought about sending people to Austin and did, but I did not go. So thankfully. But... 
here we are, and NXT is about to go to Austin, Texas, and put on what should be a heck of a great show at the HEB Center. Lots of good stuff, good people, and I'm excited about the card. O- overall, I-, I just love watching NXT. What are your thoughts on on watching NXT in general? How does it fall into your weekly routine? Where does it fall for you overall? Just, just, just your overall opinion on being a, a fan of NXT. It's a show that I wish I got to watch a little more often. I did the um, I did one of the re- I did the NXT show that's around WrestleMania. I, I reviewed that and I really enjoyed it. That is the one I believe where um, Braun Breaker lost the title. Yes, I think, or was he? He yeah, lost to Carmelo Hayes there. Yeah, yeah, Carmelo. If you can watch that, so at, uh, the, at the crypt. I saw Stephanie Stratton win a title, so that was good. Good times, and uh, in general, I always like seeing the uh, younger talent of these promotions that kind of get a chance to shine, kind of get a chance to show us uh, what they're made of, and you know, it's the first stop on a, on a long journey through WWE. Of course, now we have some people on this in this promotion that uh, have made a, a, a long journeys and yeah. kind of on their way back now. So, which is also interesting to see for these people that have. Uh, Something different to do, which is Absolutely. always always a good thing. And it, you know, everyone likes to complain because it's not the the black and yellow NXT. But I swear, if you literally put it with a black and yellow backdrop, people would not know the difference. Like it's just they claim they would, but they really wouldn't. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be quite as much like Ring of Honor as the uh, NXT black and yellow era was, right? But I just I really think if they never changed it to two and just kept going black and yellow. It would be viewed differently than it is now, and and that's just kind of what I yeah what I think I would, people might still yeah, acknowledge that it changed some, but they would not complain about it to to the way that they do. Also, Dominic Mysterio's name on Wikipedia is now officially listed as Dirty Dominic Mysterio. So, Dirty they got, Dom. they got it over. They got Dirty Dom over. Dirty Good for Dom. them. Good for them. So we're going to talk some NXT here today. We're going to preview. The Great American Bash, and if you if you haven't listened to it before, we're going old school, which means we're going to talk about who should win, who will win for all of our matches, and then Steve Cook and I have a very fun list that we're going to do here on The Great DeMarco Show. So let's dig in NXT Great American Bash. There is a match on the kickoff, pre-show, whatever you want to call it. It's kind of one that they've done a little bit here and there. It's kind of similar to what they did last time, actually, which is the mixed person Eight-person tag team match with Dragon Lee, Nathan Frazier, Ulyssa Leon, and Valentina Ferois versus the Metaphor, Noam Dar, Oro Mensa, Lash Legend, and Jakar Jackson. There's been a story going on with all of them. It gets all these people on the card. Who will win? Who should? Who should win? Who will win? Um, Dragon Lee should win. <laughs> <laughs> I think Dra- Dragon Lee is easily the best person in this match, and uh, I think he's still—I think he's got a pretty bright future here. And uh, there's no reason they shouldn't be going over Mister Noam Dar or Oro Mensa. And as far as who will win, I—I I think it's a pretty safe bet. But maybe you know sometimes I miss parts of the story and whatnot. So maybe they're doing something else. But I think Dragon Lee wins. Yeah, there's not a whole lot. I mean, the story has been about the the. Heritage Cup, which <clears throat> I, it, it's, it looks like a big giant plastic trophy. Like, I just don't know what to say. Yeah. Um, which Nathan Frazier won from uh, Noam Dar after he kind of just randomly showed up with it. So prestige, not a big thing for this. But I'm with you. I, I do think that, you know, the team with Dragon, Dragon Lee out of everybody in this match has, is the brightest potential star for the company, in my opinion. So 
He did recently lose a match to Nathan Frazier, which is a very competitive babyface versus babyface match. But I will say the same, that the team fronted by Dragon Lee and Nathan Frazier should win and will win. Um, and, and I think it'll be, be really good. Valentina for Royce, by the way, very underrated. That's all I will mm. say. Very, very underrated. Now we get to the card itself. We've got some championship matches and we've got some other matches that have been put together. So let's start with the tag team championship match. Now, this this story, of course, uh, Tony D'Angelo thrown in jail because of being reported by Joe Coffey. They they made it seem like Stax was joining up with, with Gallus. Uh, they had a match between Joe Coffey and Stax where Stax would lose. Tony D would have to go on trial if Stax won. Joe Coffey would drop the charges and, and Tony D would be let out. Of course, they were under the impression that the fix was in and that, that Stax was going to, you know, basically lay down. That didn't happen. Stax wins. Tony D is free. And by stipulation, the D'Angelo family gets a shot at Mark Coffey and Wolfgang's NXT Tag Team Championship. So Gallus defending against the D'Angelo family. Steve Cook, who should win? Who will win? It's been an interesting little story they've done here with the old Tony D and Stax. I think they they could. I still think they could use some more people to really make it a D'Angelo family. I mean, when you have just two people there, kind of, and eh, doesn't really. I mean, Gallus is more of a family. They got two brothers. They got two yeah. brothers there. So what the hell? I mean, the Gallus family. <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. And, and Wolf. I think Wolfgang is also. He's not also coffee. He should be Wolfgang Coffee though. Why, Why not? Got Joe Mark be, and Wolfgang. Coffee. That, could, that could also be a brand of coffee. Thank you. It very well could be. Maybe we should get um, into that. I, I like Gallus. Gallus is a Gallus been a pretty good team here in XT. They've been doing some good stuff for a while. I've seen their reason to take the belts off them at this point, even if uh, you know Tony's an entertaining guy and whatnot. But I I see the belts staying with Gallus. Yeah, I do think. Um, in my opinion, I think that Tony D and Stack should win. They did dump two dimes into the river, and he went to go work for for AEW. Um, but they could, they need to find it. And maybe they will add somebody. Maybe someone will come out the, during this match and, and even the odds a little bit with Joe Coffee and we'll get a new member of the D'Angelo family. Tony D's hot and, and, and Stax has just shown so much growth in NXT that I do think they're going to give them that opportunity. Uh, and I do think they're going to win and, and become the NXT tag team champion. So I'm going with the D'Angelo family to, right. uh, to win the NXT tag team championships. And we'll see what's next for Gallus. I mean, they've been, wrestling for a really long time and, and maybe, you know, I think the rain roster might be more committed to tag teams. So maybe they end up up there at some point. Who knows? Who the hell knows? Next up, we've got Blair Davenport. Of course, he was revealed as a mystery attacker, the parking lot attacker mm-hmm. in NXT. And one of her main attacks was Roxanne Perez. Uh, Blair beat Roxanne on NXT television a few weeks ago, but now after their mini Mart battle that they had, uh, this week's edition of NXT, which I, I understand is a sight to behold. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Mm-hmm. They will have what is called a weapons wild match at the Great American Bash. Roxanne Perez versus Blair Davenport. Steve Cook, who should win and who will win? Well, I've been a Roxanne Perez fan ever since her uh, her emergence at Ring of, Ring of Honor as the women's champion there. I think she's a good little top-notch baby face, a great, for a great underdog, somebody you can really get behind and support and whatnot. And... Blair Denport is a great opponent for her in that way because Blair is, uh, um, you know, bigger, stronger, tougher, all that good stuff. Uh, definitely more, definitely crazier, more willing to beat people up, which might not bode well for for Roxanne in a weapons wild match, which I assume is just your basic weapons match with a fun name and whatnot. But 
But that's probably what they want us to think, that Roxanne can't overcome the uh, ferocity of Blair Davenport. And so the story that I would tell if I was the person uh, putting on this whole show thing is I would have Roxanne go over because why not? She's fun. People like her. Um, the whole David overcome Goliath thing is always a fun time. And as far as who will win, kind of taking a look at the other, um, how the XT women's division kind of shapes up. I think it makes the most sense for Roxanne Perez to win here because then she can move up and face the person who I think will probably still be a champion. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah. I can't help but agree with you. Um, not even taking into account that this is in Austin, Texas, which is like right near where Roxanne Perez is from. Oh, well, so there we go. There's that too. Uh, She's well, kind of the main hometown are they still star. Doing the overtime? Are you still doing the hometown bearing thing here? Or no, they, they no, they've been the opposite. They've actually been been putting the young the hometown people over. So okay, good, good. Gonna, I like it. I think you know that's a Triple H versus plus they've been playing up the Booker T relationship with Roxanne Perez and she's become more edgy, so I do think she should win this one and I do think she will win. Both women have tremendous futures in both NXT and the main roster and and I think they'll uh, continue to shine from there. So next up we do have a surprise match, at least in my opinion, that was added to the card in this week's NXT and that is the official in ring debut of the highly touted. College wrestling star, Olympic wrestling star, Gable Stevenson, and he goes one-on-one with probably the perfect opponent for him in Baron Corbin. So Gable Stevenson's official in-ring debut, one-on-one with Baron Corbin. Steve, what you got? Well, you know, I mean, I think this is probably the easiest match to predict on this whole show because... You had to be out of your mind to have Gable Stevenson lose his first match with Baron Corbin. With all due respect, Baron Corbin. I mean, the guy's been around for a long time. He uh, He's <laughs> dealt with a lot of stuff, uh, to say at least. And, you know, he's still around. He's still doing his thing. But uh, Gable Stevenson, with the potential he has, with the uh, reputation he has, with the name value he already has, there's just no way you job that guy on his first match to Baron Corbin. I'm sorry. That just that cannot happen unless you're just uh, uh, really high. We'll go really high for, <laughs> for why you might not want to do that. But... Uh, so, yeah, I, I do think uh, it'll be a good, nice little show. Corbin is a solid enough hand to uh, guide Stevenson if he uh, runs into some trouble, which I don't think he will, honestly. I mean, the the, the college wrestlers seem to tra- translate to pro wrestling quicker than most, I would say. And I would expect Stevenson to be the same way. I'm sure this match will also be highly rehearsed, highly everything at the Performance Center, and, and will be good. And they'll play to... They'll play to Gable Stevenson's strengths. I love to say that, that Baron Corbin sucks, but in the end, he is a very good, very safe pro wrestler. Been there for like 11, 12 years in, in the WWE system. And so I think that this will go very well for them on paper. I mean, if this were real, maybe Baron Corbin should win because he's the pro wrestler and Gable Stevenson isn't. But yeah, you'd be, you'd be insane to have Gable Stevenson lose his first match to Baron freaking Corbin. Like it's just not going to happen. Gable Stevenson is going to win this match. Um, Unless Gable shot. Stevenson pisses somebody off like the day of the show, like, you know, pisses on Shawn Michaels' shoes or something. Right. And so Other than I that. Hate this point. <laughs> Unless Gable Stevenson really is going to leave and then go back to college and try for the Olympics again and then come back after that, then maybe that gives us reason for him to lose. But it just – it would just would be seem the really yeah. weird if he lost. Like, it just yeah. would. So I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. Next up, we have the NXT North American Championship, which – 
was was originally set up to be Wesley defending his championship against Mustafa Ali. Then last week, Dirty Dom Mysterio showed up. Well, two weeks ago, he accepted Wesley's open challenge that Wesley wasn't even issuing. Um, it was actually very funny when he was like, you're the open challenge guy, right? Well, yeah, I used to do those. Well, I accept. And was like, I haven't done it in months. Well, I accept. And it worked because he got his title shot. He won the NXT North American Championship. And, and Dirty Don Mysterio continuing to be one of the most overheels in the company, which is just absurd and amazing all at the same time. It will now be a triple threat match where Dirty Dominic Mysterio defends against both Mustafa Ali and Wesley. Probably one of the tougher matches to call because of the whole triple threat situation. So, Steve Cook, who do you think should win and who do you think will win? Yeah, it's a tough match to call because you don't know how long we can keep Dirty Dom on NXT. Um, it seems like they're on Judgment Days on a lot of the shows right now, which is good, all good and well. You just don't want to risk overexposing them, which is a fair concern, but they haven't done so yet. Um, Wesley, Mustafa Ali, I mean, two solid hands there. I think we have nothing to worry about this as far as the wrestling goes. They'll be very good. And as far as who wins goes, I think... When I'm looking at this from a kayfabe way, the way I like, I like to look at things, I see the fact that Rhea Ripley is in Dirty Dom's corner. And frankly, uh, Rhea, Whip, Rhea Whip, Ripley, excuse me, W's, uh, she could wipe the floor of Mr. Tefali or Wesley, in my opinion. So <laughs> I think uh, Rhea gets involved. Who else, knows who else might get involved? And I think Dirty Dom, um, he keeps being that uh, sneaky chicken shit little heel, just like his real father, Eddie Guerrero, was back in the day. And he holds on to that North American Championship for a little while longer. And that's what they should do, too, because it's entertaining. I mean, I get it. I get it 100%. And, and you know, why have him win if he's going to turn around and lose it? Um, so I would say that Dirty Dom should win, but I don't think he's going to win. I think the way that Mustafa Ali has been kind of pushing the heel thing and, and looking at convenience and looking at a lot of stuff and just kind of making things happen, stirring the pot – I do think somehow Mustafa Ali leaves with the North American Championship, maybe stealing a pinfall on Wesley or stealing Wesley's pinfall of Dominic somehow, because you can always have the referee send Rhea Ripley to the back after she interferes. So I do think while Dirty Dom should win, I think that Mustafa Ali is going to escape this with the NXT North American Championship, continuing his storyline with Wesley on the program. Now we come to the NXT Women's Championship as Tiffany Stratton, who did win the championship over WrestleMania weekend as Stand and Deliver. Uh, she will be going one-on-one with Chase Hughes, Thea Hall, um, who, who already had her match that she won in the Battle Royal against Tiffany Stratton, but did get her to tap out behind the referee's back while the referee was distracted. So that's how we get this, this now. It is a submission match. For the NXT Women's Championship, Tiffany Stratton defending against Chase Hughes, Thea Hall with Andre Chase and Duke Hudson in the corner. It's interesting how how popular Chase University has gotten over the past several months here. With uh, their act has really caught fire with uh, you know Chase being what he is, Duke Hudson an entertaining character, and Thea here has become one of the NXT audience's favorite uh, characters. Uh, much like uh, Roxanne, she's a plays a convincing underdog. You want to root for her. You want to see her do well. And you definitely want to see her do well against a, uh, well, let's face it, Tiffany Stratton is one of those uh, stuck-up uh, daddy's girls. Uh, any, any negative thing you want to say. I don't like to say negative things about women, but uh, Tiffany Stratton is kind of in that vein, if you will. So two good, two good characters here. Um, I think it's going to be very entertaining. The submission match, it, uh, 
adds a it adds some uh, drama intrigue to it. I think at the end of the day, though, I think we see Tiffany Stratton come up on coming out on top and hold on to the championship. I could I could see where one could say that Thea Hall should win the NXT Women's Championship because it'd be a good story, but I I think Stratton still holds on to it and um, keeps it warm for the next challenger. And I agree with you. I think that it's too soon to take it off of Tiffany Stratton. She did just win it at Stand and Deliver. She hasn't had a ton of defenses. She's still growing as a performer both in the ring and on the microphone. Thea Hale is 19 years old. Like She got all the time in the world before she needs to worry about this. I've been waiting for Duke Hudson to screw over Chase U, and I feel like that could happen here now that Andre Chase is back. I don't know if he left for injury or why he left. You're right about how over they are. I think having Andre Chase do the Bobby Knight thing and swear like crazy during promos is hilarious, and that's why it's gotten so over. Um, and Thea Hale plays the role so well, so I do uh, think that maybe that could be involved in there. But either way, I don't think Thea Hale should win. I don't think she will win. Both of those for me go to Tiffany Stratton to walk in the NXT Women's Champion and walk out the NXT Women's Champion. Last up, we do have a singles match, no stipulation, for the NXT Championship as Carmelo Hayes will go one-on-one with his challenger who beat Braun Breaker to get the opportunity. And that is, of course, Ilya Dragunov. This one might not even be the main event. I could see the North American Championship match being the main event of this show because of Dirty Dom Mysterio. But Carmelo Hayes defending against Ilya Dragunov. Who should win? Who will win? I do think it will be the main event because I think think they like to have the NXT title gone last. That seems like what they usually do. Um, Interesting matchup here. I think you have two uh, differing styles here. Um, Dragunov likes to... He, he works a little stiff. I don't know yeah. if you notice this or not, but uh, his matches tend to be pretty hard hitting. I don't. I haven't seen Carmella in too many of those situations where he's hitting people uh, overly hard. Maybe I, I may have missed something, but uh, so that's definitely something for Hayes to worry about. Um, and Hayes is also. I can see where Hayes hasn't been the champion long enough, but Dragunov. He, he's a good wrestler, but. I think he kind of needs something to get to that next level. So I could I could see him going over here. But then again, maybe Dragunov's just that guy that is out there to have the great match with the champions and move that champion up to the next level. So um, I think Hayes does end up winning, and he looks impressive in the process, and it'll be a good time. You know, let's just go crazy. Let's just go crazy for the heck of it because that's how people listen to this program. This is Babyface versus Babyface. And Carmelo Hayes got turned Babyface after the attack from Braun Breaker, after he won at Stand and Deliver, um, and of course turned Braun Breaker heel. Why not have Ilya Dragunov shock the world and cheat to win and turn heel? Like he's mm-hmm. done a ton as a Babyface. He had the, the memorable feuds, especially with, with Dijak. He beat Braun Breaker to get this shot. You know, basically be like, you know, I had to do what I had to do to break through and, and let him do that. There's been talk that he might join Imperium at some point. So mm. so who knows? But, yeah, let's give him that edge. Why not? I think he could pull off being a heel. I think it'd be entertaining. So let's go crazy. Let's get bold. Ilya Dragunov does something that turns himself heel and wins the NXT Championship, putting Carmelo Hayes back into that underdog role. Doesn't mean Carmelo won't win it back at some point, or maybe they rush him up to the main roster. Who knows? But if they really want to redo Russians, the man. It's, right? Why not? Why not go old school? <laughs> Shawn Michaels loves That's the old school, that. so 
Why not? Bron Breaker, by the way. You, you mentioned earlier that uh, Bron Breaker not being booked for this particular show. A little strange. A little, a little strange. Uh, he is on unfamiliar. the poster. I feel like he should show up, but I also feel like this is one of those things where you're going to expect him to show up, and he just never does. Um, PC Tunney brought up, you know, they, they do love to, to do some surprises at SummerSlam. Maybe we yeah. get a Braun Breaker appearance at SummerSlam. Who knows? Mm. Who knows what's truly left for him to do in NXT? So Yeah, the, that's the thing. He's been there for a while now, and he's had the long title run, and he put over Carmelo Hayes, and so you wonder what he has left to do. And I have to admit, quite frankly, um, I'm not as into Braun Breaker as I used to be since he ditched the old-school Steiner Brothers uh, attire, and now he's doing more of the, like, 2000 Steiner Brothers right. attire. He's more, the, he's the, more, the more basic yeah. thing. More but Scott it's the point now. where he kind of looks like a creator wrestler to me. He just I looks so basic. It's like, yeah. I don't know. I, I thought the color, I, he needs more color is what I was. I could agree I'm with that. Yeah, there. the solid black singlet that just says badass across the front. Like, you could maybe throw some red in there because, you know, every wrestling person has to wear black and red. So, especially yeah. on the indies. Why not? Yeah, I agree with you. I could see where the look is a little bit generic. I, I just think it's time. He did just attack, you know, Von Wagner for some reason on NXT. I saw. I haven't watched the show yet, but so we'll see why. Because everybody needs a Braun Breaker versus Von Wagner feud. But yeah, that that, that sounds like uh, captivating television. Yes, sir. Yeah, but like I said, he could still <laughs> randomly show up at SummerSlam. Who knows? But I'm just surprised at no Braun Breaker. You'd think he'd make an appearance, but you know, if I had to make a prediction, I'd say we don't see Braun Breaker on this one unless maybe it's some random backstage interview. I just I just think they're going to do one without him, and, and maybe they need to prove that they can. Who knows? But yeah. that is our picks and predictions for this weekend's NXT Premium Live event. We're going to go to commercial now. And we will come back and do the list. So real quick, make sure you head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up one of those beautiful chair shot t-shirts. Websites don't grow on trees. Everything you get there at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot goes to support what we do here at the Chair Shot Radio Network and more. So support your podcast and get a cool t-shirt in the process at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. <laughs> Dean fucking Ambrose. Shut your dumb mouth. Acknowledge me. You just made the list. It is that time in the program. I think this is the first time where I've ever done two lists in the same week. Although I think Miranda stole the list for one of her shows one time and she and I did one. So maybe it isn't. But for the second time this week, we are doing another edition of You Just Made the List. This list topic provided to us by none other than Steve Cooks of Steve Tell everybody what our topic is for the list this week. 
Well, the topic has to do with a column that uh, I will have posted for one mania.com sometime in the sometime in the near future. It's going to be a good time. And I feel like one thing about wrestling that you know, it's kind of weird to think but there's a time where there's pro wrestling without people coming out to the theme music. It is, yeah. I mean, music and wrestling just goes together. It's weird to think, you know, there's a time and place where people just walked out to cheers and booze and whatnot, but music, you got to have music with wrestling. The WWF got over in the 80s because of rock and wrestling, and that's what brings up this list today. The top seven WWF themes from the 1980s, the arguably the apex of, of music. 80s rock. I, I love 80s rock, man. I, I have to admit, love 80s rock. So I am down 100%, and I think it's going to be a great list. Now, because it's Steve's topic, I will go first. We will take turns listing these one through six, and then we will take a break. When we come back, we will put them in order from one through six, and Steve will go first when we put them in order since it is his topic. So I get to go first by rule. And, I mean, I'm going easy, to be fully honest with you. I'm going 100% easy. 100% obvious. You may hate him, listener out there, but when this, when those chords hit, when you heard that guitar riff and, and you saw what was, what was about to happen, you heard everybody got on their feet, the crowd went nuts, and that is when Real American would come over the PA system and out came the Hulkamania, the front man of Hulkamania himself, Hulk Hogan. Say what you want about the guy. I don't care. You cannot have this list without Real American. Oh, I agree 1,000%. And everybody knows I've never claimed to be the biggest Hulkamaniac. Even before, you know, even back in the day, I was, you know, more of a fan of the bad guys. That's just kind of the way I rolled and whatnot. But I love Real American. And I even say in my column, it might be a a controversial thing to say, uh, Real American... National Anthem. I'd take that over Star Spangled Banner any day of the week. Come on. <laughs> Can you imagine a real American playing before sporting events oh and whatnot? Goodness. Oh, How my hype God. would you get? And look, if people want to get really upset about it or whatever, guess what? It wasn't even originally made for Hulk Hogan, so you'd be fine. Yeah, my, as uh, Mike Rutan, and Barry Wendell. Mike Rutan, exactly. The US, the US Express. Express. So. <laughs> but that's okay because Shinsuke Nakamura's theme wasn't originally made for him either, so. No, nah. I can't remember who it was made for, but it wasn't. Yeah, I was going to ask you because I didn't know that one. I have to look that up. I'll, I'll look it up. up. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. So I will list the. Uh, I'll make the. I'll make the next choice here. And uh, one of my favorite wrestlers growing up. Um, he had a memorable laugh, which led to a memorable song. It's uh, it's called "It's All About the Money." The Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Money, 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 money. Every time he came out to that thing, was just incredible. You know, DiBiase, I think he, he played a, a rich guy better than like evil rich guys play rich guys. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like he just, he just had that vibe. He had that laugh. He just uh, he had those sparkly tuxedos that were always great. So, and uh, DiBiase, another guy who's uh, kind of become um, controversial yes. in later years. But we're, we're talking about the 1980s, man. And back in the 80s. I love uh, watching DiBiase come out to that song and, you know, just being a complete uh, dipshit, piece of shit, um, rich guy. Yeah. It's good stuff. Life life replicates or, or art replicates life. At exactly. <laughs> I was wrong, by the way. Shinsuke Nakamura was originally supposed to have Bobby Roode's theme song. Turned it oh, down okay. and then they made his... I can't even imagine anybody but Bobby Roode having Bobby Roode's theme song. So, no. just like it's hard to imagine anybody having Hogan's theme song. So, 
I am going to go next up on the list with one of my personal favorite theme songs. I'm pretty sure it came out in the 80s based on what I'm what I'm looking and finding here. So uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong. But I am going with the Demolition theme song as the next one on the list. Yes, the Demolition. Ah, yes. Here comes the axe. Here, Here comes, comes the, the smasher. smasher. The Demolition. Walking Disaster. Pain Destruction is our middle name. Fucking great. It Love is that song. fantastic. Jimmy it's so Hart. Weird when, Jimmy Hart. Uh, unfortunately, on the network, you won't you won't hear that very often. Which makes no sense. Yeah, then you'll and uh, because it's on the freaking wrestling album too. I don't yeah. know why they don't have the rights to use it. It's kind of weird, but uh, I don't know. It's Derringer thing, but then again, they use That's Real true. American all the time too. So who really knows what's going on there? That's a good point. And then later on, when they uh, demolition, of course, they had to turn heel later on, and well. Heel for a second time later on, of course, and they feud with the LRD, and they came out to some lame music instead. Yeah, because I guess you kind of had to have them be heels. Uh, you kind of had to have them change the music because you can't walk out the demolition theme song and be anything yeah. but a babyface. Agree, hundred percent. Agree. The axe and the smasher. So great job. All right, Steve, what you got next? Okay, well, I've I'm looking at my list. I have a couple other ones I still have on there. But I'm gonna I'm gonna skip a little bit below because Go there's just a song that I want to talk about, and um, you know we talk about how Dusty Rhodes' presentation WDF was not very good. We talk about the polka dots being a rib. We talk about the whole sapphire thing. We talk about how he's basically a comedy act, and a lot of people didn't like that at that time. But man, uh, his theme song, the Common Man Boogie, that is such an upgrade from whatever whatever else, whatever else he was using the NWA or whatever. That whole thing, American Dream, just. Oh, never failed to get people excited. And even when he went back to SW later on, they did like a ripoff of that song. So definitely the common man boogie, I think, has to be on the list. I agree with you. It was actually my next choice. So, um, <laughs> but that's okay. That's why we do these lists and we have other options there. So, uh, agree 100%. Uh, you, to me, you can't have this list. Makes the cut, 1989. So we're good there. Yeah. I am going with a classic. Um, and, and it's so difficult to, to think about this person and not think about this theme song. And, and like you said, when he went to WCW as well, they did rip off part of it. And that is whenever the macho man, Randy Savage came down mm. the aisle to good old pop and circumstance. It's been used in many circles, many places before, but when Savage came out, pop and circumstance was the thing. And so I got to put that one on the list. Which yeah, leaves of course, you with the last used one. by a gorgeous George. Oh, really? I did not know that. Yeah. And then he yeah, would later have good. a valet named Gorgeous George in WCW. Randy Savage was a big Gorgeous George fan. He bought the gimmick. He They were going to use it for Lanny Poffo, but instead Lanny got paid to sit at home and do nothing. So that was huh. good work. And he did use it, and they used it for his, his girlfriend later on. And uh, that was the whole thing. So what do you mean when you say he bought the gimmick? I get a, Well, I guess uh, somebody had the right. I guess the family had the rights to the gimmick. And huh. he wound up purchasing it. Interesting. Which I don't know. It's tough to say, like, how far. I guess somebody had the copyright George, Gorgeous George, which I don't know. That's just what I. That's what I've been told over the years. Well, and then George. The Wagner family got some or whatever. And, you know, did use the name <laughs> later as a valet for Savage. So I could see it. The, the paper trail is there. Are right, you got the last one of all the possible options? You got to pick the one more that makes it the list. Okay. So there's. One more song that makes the list. And, um, you know, when I think of this wrestler, I think about how cool they were, how supremely confident they were. Anytime they stepped into arena, 
when you heard those bagpipes playing, you knew it was a hot rod, the Rowdy Scott, Rowdy Roddy Piper. He was coming out. And you know what? You don't see a lot of wrestlers coming out to the old bagpipes. And another great thing about this song was the fact that it was during the rock and wrestling connection when Piper's feuding against all these rock and roll folks like Cindy Lauper and, of course, yeah. the Hulkster. And bagpipe music kind of flies in the face of rock and roll. So love the bagpipes. Love Roddy Piper. Good stuff. Very good. Very good choices all around. So before we go to commercial and then we put this list in order, any that you want to mention that didn't make the list, I will throw one out there. Uh, there's a couple that I wanted to have on the list. The Rougeau brothers, um, mm. the All-American boys. The British Bulldogs theme was one that, that that stuck out along with the Heart Foundation. But for me, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat coming out to the song by the Alan Parsons Project, just like the Chicago Bulls, that to me was one that I loved and and would have if I had another spot on the list, it would have gone to that song. Yeah, I think the main one I'd want to have on there was um, the Ultimate Warrior theme. Ah, yes. really helped really helped get that guy over that music playing while he came out and was snorting all over himself and shaking the ropes and all that. Uh, definitely, that, that was one I wanted to include. Um, all American Boys also get some love for yeah, me. That's course. funny stuff. Jacques Rougeau, I mean, he has three like top notch theme songs that he sung by by himself. So. Yeah, I give him credit for that. And one that I have to mention, which is, but there's a flaw with it that I'll mention, uh, Jive Soul Bro, of course. Mm. Very, very catchy theme. The only problem with it is it didn't really work for most of the people that came out to it. Like, it just I mean, worked for select. Song. Yeah. It didn't work. Big Boss Man coming out of Jive Soul Bro didn't make any sense. No. Iron Akeem, coming out? Come Akeem on now. it worked for, but that was about it. Yeah, but Iron Sheik, Nikolai Volkov, <laughs> no, they're not. They're not Jive Soul Bro. That's it weird. I don't know. <laughs> I agree. I agree 100%. So, all right, we're going to do a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to put this puppy in order. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore. Everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out. TheChairShot.com You just made the list! We are back and we're about to put the list of 80s WWF theme songs in order. Just to recap, we have Hulk Hogan's Real American, Ted DiBiase's Money, 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 Demolition, The Common Man for Dusty Rhodes, Pomp and Circumstance for Randy Savage, and The Bagpipes for Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Steve Cook, this is your list, so you get to go first and determine what's number one, and then we'll take turns from there. So what is going to be number one on this week's... You just made the list! Well, number one was an easy choice for me. I just have to go with... uh, I had to go with Real American. I mean, as much as we, as much we might not care for Hulk Hogan, past, present, or future, that song just kind of summed up the era. And like I said earlier, let's make the national anthem. Come on, I, I can't, I can't disagree at all. I, I think Real American has to be number one. I'm going with that. I'm torn at number two between one that I just like and and one that has a historical significance. And I'm gonna break from my own tradition and go with historical tradition and make Pomp and Circumstance for Macho Man Randy Savage number two. Which brings up you for number three. All right. Um, number three, I'm, I think I'm actually going to switch off my list that I have published, uh, or I'm going to publish, because you know how it is from day to day, your moods That's change. That's the whole point about the things, list. Things go up and down. I have to go with the other Rick Derringer song, Demolition. 
Oh, because that thing just has some of the best lyrics of any uh, WWF theme music of all time, and uh, really made really made Demolition stand out as more than just like a Red Warriors ripoff. I'm with you 100. percent It's it's hard to argue against that that theme song. So I have no problem with that being number three. At number four, I am going to go with one that you put on the list that I would have if you didn't, uh, because when that cowbell hit. Like that might be the best – if there was an award for best use of cowbell in a theme song, it would be for Dusty Rhodes, Common Man, Boogie. I'm going Common Man, Dusty Rhodes, number four, which brings you up for number five. Okay, number five. I mean you know, we we got the Teddy Biasi left. We got the bagpipes left. And, Both man, iconic. it's a tough choice. Yep. I mean it's uh, splitting hairs here with how close these, uh, these songs are in their greatness. But I'm going to give it to DiBiase because of his vocal performance. I mean, we never heard Piper singing over the bagpipes. Now, if Piper had managed to sing over the bagpipes, that would have been uh, quite impressive. But I think the the song, DiBiase singing the song that perfectly summed up his character, I think that puts it a shade ahead of the bagpipes for me. I'm with you. I'm with you there whatsoever, which makes my decision for me. Roddy Piper's bagpipes in at number six. You know, usually Patrick or, not, Patrick or I will put something stupid on the list. Like, we did a list of... of um, um, wrestling siblings last week, and for some reason he thought the Basham brothers belonged on the list. So <laughs> they came in at number eight because we went supersized last week a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I, I like Doug and Danny. Don't get me wrong, but, uh, but I don't think they make a top eight. Of, considering that we didn't even have the Hardy Boys or the Dudley <laughs> Boys on. Actually, no, the Hardys. The Hardys make our list. I'm looking at it right now. No, the Hardys didn't make it. The Dudleys weren't even mentioned in the program. Um, we laughed about not putting the Young Bucks on the list because we're, we're who we are. But, yeah, yeah so well. many that they didn't make the list. And yet Doug and Danny Basham had to make it. Who knows? Ah, God so, bless them. Congratulations to all. You just made the list. Number one, Real American. Number two, Pop and Circumstance. Number three, Demolition. Number four, Common Man. Number five, Money, Money, Money. And number six, the bagpipes to all of you. You just made the list. That is going to bring this special edition of the Greg DeMarco show with Steve cook to a close. Steve, appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to jump back on the podcasting airwaves. Yeah, it's been a good time, Greg. I'm sure we'll do it again about, what, 10 months or so? And I'll you be know, honest, I, I thought it was longer than that. I didn't remember coming Patrick back. Patrick like, seems to have this thing going on on Tuesdays right now, so you just never know. I might be putting up the cook symbol sooner than you think. You just never know. Oh. And uh, well, Yeah, be, we'll see. It's a good time. I enjoy doing it, and I um, hope you all have a good time. And, I'll, of course, I'm doing my stuff on the 411, uh, doing fill-in recaps whenever they need a fill-in. Uh, the top seven's going back in a good good way right now. I've got a bunch of theme songs I can rank. So lots of good stuff coming up from yours truly. That's right. Ask Cook 84. Ask Cook 84 on the Twitter. Check him out. Be tuned in to 411mania.com for his top seven 80s WWF themes. It will be different from this list, and that's why it's so much fun. And we appreciate you coming on. Of course, keep things going at chairshot.com. Follow me at Greg DeMarco 44, the website at Chairshot Media. Head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash a chair shot. Pick up a shirt. And tune in next time because you never know what's coming up next. We had an issue with some of the sound bites that I have and some have disappeared. Hopefully this one still exists so I can play us out with it today. And we thank you for listening to this edition of the Greg DeMarco Show. <laughs> Got a price.
everybody's gonna pay Cause the million dollar man Always gets his way <laughs> This is my yard now You just made the list TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.